Chapter Eight of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Queen's Petite Levee. No sooner was the king gone than the queen rose and went to the window. The morning was lovely and had the charming feeling of the commencement of spring, while the sun seemed almost warm. The wind had gone round to the west, and if it remained in that quarter, this terrible winter was probably at an end. The snow was beginning to drip from the trees, under the influence of this genial morning. "'If we wish to profit by the ice,' cried the queen, "'I believe we must make haste, for look, Madame de Misery, the spring seems to have begun. I much wish to make up a party on the Swiss lake, and will go to-day, for to-morrow it may be too late.' "'Then at what hour will your majesty wish to dress immediately i will breakfast and then go are there any other orders madame see if mademoiselle de tabernay has risen and tell her i wish to speak to her she is already waiting for you in the boudoir madame already said the queen who knew at what time she had gone to bed she has been there for twenty minutes madame ask her to come in. Andrea soon entered, dressed with her usual care and smiling, though rather unquiet. The queen's answering smile quite reassured her. Go, my good misery, and send me Leonard. When she was gone, the king has been charming, said the queen to Andrea. He has laughed and is quite disarmed. But does he know, madame? You understand, Andrea, that a woman does not tell falsehoods when she has done no wrong, and is the Queen of France. Certainly, madame. Still, my dear Andrea, it seems we have been wrong. Doubtless, madame, but how? Why, in pitying madame de la Motte, the king dislikes her, but I confess she pleased me. "'Here is Leonard,' said Madame de Misery, returning. The queen seated herself before her silver-gilt toilet-table, and the celebrated hairdresser commenced his operations. She had the most beautiful hair in the world, and was fond of looking at it. Leonard knew this, and therefore with her was always tardy in his movements, that she might have time to admire it. Marie Antoinette was looking beautiful that morning. She was pleased and happy. Her hair finished, she turned again to Andrea. "'You have not been scolded,' she said. "'You are free. "'Besides, they say everyone is afraid of you "'because, like Minerva, you are too wise.' "'I, madame?' "'Yes, you. "'But, oh, mon Dieu, how happy you are to be unmarried "'and, above all, to be content to be so.' "'Andrea blushed and tried to smile.' "'It is a vow that I have made,' said she. "'And which you will keep, beautiful Vestal?' "'I hope so.' "'Apropos,' said the queen, "'I remember that, although unmarried, "'you have a master since yesterday morning.' "'A master, madame?' "'Yes, your dear brother. "'What do you call him? "'Philippe, is it not?' "'Yes, madame.' 
Has he arrived? He came yesterday. And you have not yet seen him? I took you away to Paris, selfish that I was. It was unpardonable. Oh, madame, I pardon you willingly, and Philippe also. Are you sure? I answer for both of us. How is he? As usual, beautiful and good, madame. How old is he now? Thirty-two. Poor Philippe, do you know that it is fourteen years since I first met him? But I have not seen him now for nine or ten. Whenever your majesty pleases to receive him, he will be but too happy to assure you that this long absence has not altered the sentiment of respectful devotion which he has ever felt for his queen. I will see him at once. In a quarter of an hour he will be at your majesty's feet. Scarcely was Andrea gone when the queen saw reflected in the glass an arch and laughing face. My brother Tartois, cried the queen, how you frighten me. "'Good morning, your majesty,' said the young prince. "'How did your majesty pass the night?' "'Very badly, brother.' "'And the morning?' "'Very well.' "'That is the most important. I guessed that all had gone right, for I have just met the king, and he was smiling most graciously.' The queen laughed, and he echoed it. The queen had just cast off her dressing-gown of India muslin, and put on her morning dress when the door opened and andrea entered leading by the hand a handsome man with a brown complexion noble black eyes profoundly imbued with melancholy and a soldier-like carriage he looked like one of coypel's or gainsborough's beautiful portraits he was dressed in a dark gray coat embroidered in silver a white cravat and a dark waistcoat and this rather somber style of dress seemed to suit the manly character of his beauty your majesty said andrea here is my brother philip bowed gravely the queen who had until now been looking at his figure reflected in her mirror turned round and saluted him she was beautiful with that royal beauty which made all round her not only partisans of the throne but adorers of the woman she possessed the power of beauty and if we may make use of the inversion the beauty of power philippe seeing her smile and feeling those limpid eyes at once soft and proud fixed upon him turned pale and could hardly restrain his emotion it appears monsieur de tavernay said she that you pay me your first visit i thank you for it your majesty deigns to forget that it is i who should give thanks how many years have passed since we last met monsieur alas the most beautiful part of our lives for me madame but not for your majesty to whom all days are alike charming you were then pleased with america monsieur de tavernay as you remained there so long madame answered philippe monsieur de la fayette when he left the new world had need of an officer in whom he could place confidence to take command of the french auxiliaries he proposed me therefore to general washington who accepted me it seems said the queen 
that this new country sends us home many heroes your majesty does not mean that for me asked philippe laughing why not then turning to the comte d'artois see brother she said has not monsieur de tavernay the look of a hero philippe seeing himself thus introduced to the young prince bowed low he returned it and said i am most happy to make the acquaintance of such a gentleman what are your intentions in returning to france sir monseigneur answered philippe my sister is my first consideration whatever she wishes i shall do but she has a father i believe said the count never mind him said the queen quickly i prefer andrea under her brother's protection and he under yours count you will take charge of monsieur de tavernay will you not the count bowed an assent for do you know continued she that a very strong link binds me to monsieur de tavernay what do you mean sister that he was the first frenchman who presented himself to my eyes when i arrived in this country and i have taken a very sincere vow to promote the happiness of the first frenchman i should meet philippe felt the blood rush to his face and andrea looked at him rather sadly the queen observed these looks of the brother and sister and fancied she divined the cause why she thought should not monsieur de tavernay have partaken the epidemic passion which pervaded all france for the dauphiness in seventeen seventy four marie antoinette therefore attributed these looks to some confidence of this kind which the brother had made to the sister and in consequence she smiled still more upon him and redoubled her kindness towards andrea the queen was a true woman and gloried in being loved it was an innocent coquetry and the most generous souls have the most strongly these aspirations for the love of all who surround them alas the time is coming for thee poor queen when those smiles towards those who love thee with which thou hast been reproached thou shalt vainly bestow on those that love thee not the comte d'artois approached philippe while the queen was talking to andrea and said do you think washington so very great a general certainly a great man monseigneur and what effect did our french produce out there as much good as the english did harm ha you are a partisan of the new ideas my dear monsieur philippe de tavernay but have you reflected on one thing what monseigneur i assure you that out there encamped in the fields and in the savannas on the borders of the great lakes i had plenty of time for reflection on this that in making war out there it was neither on the indians nor on the english but on us ha monseigneur i do not deny that that is possible therefore i do not admire so much these victories of monsieur de lafayette and washington it is egotism perhaps but it is not egotism for myself alone oh monseigneur but do you know why i will still support you with all my power whatever be the reason i shall be truly grateful 
it is because you are not one of those whose names have been blazoned forth you have done your duty bravely but you have not thrust yourself forward you are not known in paris the young prince then kissed the queen's hand and bowing to andrea left the room then the queen turned again to philippe saying have you seen your father sir no madame why did you not go to see him first i had sent home my valet and my luggage but my father sent the servant back again with orders to present myself first to you or the king it is a lovely morning said the queen to-morrow the ice will begin to melt madame de misery order my sledge and send my chocolate in here will your majesty take something to eat you had no supper last night you mistake my good misery we had supper had we not andrea a very good one madame so i will only have my chocolate quick madame de misery this fine weather tempts me and the swiss lake will be full of company your majesty is going to skate asked philippe oh, you will laugh at us monsieur le marocain you who have traversed lakes where there are more miles than we have feet here madame replied philippe here you amuse yourself with the cold but there they die of it oh, here is my chocolate andrea take a cup with me andrea bowed coloring with pleasure you see monsieur de tavernay i am always the same hating all etiquette as in old times do you remember those old days are you changed since then monsieur philippe no madame replied the young man i am not changed at least not in heart well i am glad to hear that for it was a good one a cup for monsieur de tavernay madame de misery oh madame cried philippe you cannot mean it such an honor for a poor obscure soldier like me an old friend said the queen this day seems to remind me of my youth i seem again happy free proud and yet foolish this day recalls to me that happy time at my dear trianon and all our frolics there andrea and i together this day brings back to my memory my roses my strawberries and my birds that i was so fond of all even to my good gardeners whose happy faces often announced to me a new flower or a delicious fruit <sighs> and monsieur de jussieu and that original old rousseau who is since dead but come continued she herself pouring the chocolate into his cup you are a soldier and accustomed to fire so burn yourself gloriously with this chocolate for i am in a hurry she laughed but philippe taking it seriously drank it off most heroically the queen saw him and laughing still more said you are indeed a perfect hero monsieur de tavernay she then rose and her woman brought her bonnet ermine mantle and gloves philippe took his hat under his arm and followed her and andrea out monsieur de tavernay i do not mean you to leave me said the queen come round to my right 
they went down the great staircase the drums were beating the clarions of the bodyguard were playing and this whole scene and the enthusiasm everywhere shown towards that beautiful queen by whose side he was walking completed the intoxication of the young man the change was too sudden after so many years of exile and regret to such great joy and honor End of chapter 8 recording by john van stan savannah georgia